Listener Production. Hello everyone, thanks for joining us. This is Hook, Line and Sinker's Back to Basics Fishing Series, the place where there are no silly questions. Since the dawn of time, fishing has been a cornerstone of society. Back then it was a matter of survival. But today, it's a pastime and a passion for millions of Australians. But let's be honest, it's complicated. So where do you start? Well, this series is designed to navigate you through the common pitfalls of starting out in a long and fruitful angling career. In this series, we strip it back. We get you off the smartphone and the kids off the Xbox and down to the water to enjoy all the goodness that the sport of angling has to offer. I'm Luke McCredden and joining me are Nick Digan and Andrew Hart, hosts of the long-running TV show Hook, Line and Sinker, a fishing show that's always put the fun before the fish. Isn't that right, Andrew? Luke, that is right because fishing to us is fun. It's what it's all about. What's not to like about going fishing? It takes you to some amazing places. You know, where you find fish, generally it's a nice pristine environment. It's by the water. You meet great people that are all into fishing as well. It gets you outside. It gets you off your bum off the couch and into nature. But fishing, it doesn't need to be scary, Dykes. It really doesn't, Andrew. You and I have been fortunate enough to spend the last 20 years of our lives travelling around Australia making a TV fishing show. And for people who watch those kind of shows, you could be forgiven for thinking that um, fishing is a very, very complex Mm, sport indeed. You need big boats and all sorts of rods and reels and stuff. Um, The reality is, though, you don't really need much of that at all. The value of this series will be that we're going to strip fishing back to its very core, just the facts. Thanks very much. What you need to get out there and get doing it. No, and I guess before we get into what people need to get started, get off the couch and get fishing, why fishing? What is it for you guys? I think for me, other than the places it takes us, is there's a buzz there's a fizz. It gets me excited. It gets the adrenaline pumping. And I remember back to the first fish that I can sort of remember catching, and that was on a hand line with my mum on a family holiday to the Gold Coast in one of the canals up oh, there. Nice. Little tiny brim, undersized now. Yep. I would have been put in jail probably. Yep. Um, but I just remember that brim gave me a certain feeling of excitement and satisfaction, and I still get that today, not maybe with every fish I catch, but every year there's a special fish or two that we catch that really gets, like literally has me shaking, and uh, and I really love that buzz, and I, I try and get that when I go fishing. Yes, it's interesting that you mentioned the police. My my very first <laughs> um, memory of fishing, you know, was Christmas. So we used to have our Christmases down on the surf coast here in Victoria and, um, you know, under the tree there's a long present delicately wrapped. It had sort of cardboard backing um, and it was one of those the really early sort of combos that was um, had two little red and white bubble floats with it and whatever else. And I'd never, never, ever had anything like this. This was something big. This was new. This was my very own fishing rod. And we went down the back of my auntie's place where there was a bit of a creek, um, me and my dad, uh, to go fishing. I reckon I was probably seven or eight or something, only to get moved on by the police because apparently you needed a licence or something <laughs> or other to fish um, in freshwater in Victoria. So there was a huge argument with the police. So that's etched in my memory. So that that idea of excitement. Now you're just all about compliance. Yeah, well, <laughs> yep. yes, yes. Um, but no, I like the point about how it does give you the fizz. You know, I guess um, my first successful fishing, Luke, was um, in the dam, eels. 
dirty big oh, eels. Dirty stinking yeah, eels. Get them Did out you used to carry them for pets or something? Yeah, I, I had a pet eel in a trough. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's wrong. Yes. I don't know what the place uh, I wouldn't touch about. one now. I wouldn't touch one. But no. uh, back then, um, you know, eel fishing was great and that, the thought of going down there with a bit of bacon to catch an eel out of the dam, oh, my Lord. Um, and that's what we're kind of trying to, I guess, uh, encourage people to do because it is a, it's a journey that served me well for, you know, all my life and it's, um, you know, all you got to do is get out there and do it um, and that's what this is about. That's right. I suppose the first step is gearing up and walking into a tackle store to have a look at some gear. Yep. It can be daunting. Yeah, very daunting. I mean, the, you walk into a tackle store and there are walls of colourful lures, there are racks, you know, of a thousand fishing rods, there are glass cabinets of reels that go up in price from a hundred bucks to two thousand um, dollars. You know, there is a lot of gear. I'm going to be honest here. I still don't know what some of it does. <laughs> I, <laughs> you know, uh, I've been doing this a long time and I'll go in there and, you know, some of it just makes my eyes glaze over. Um, so I can only imagine what it must be like for somebody who's got their kids or whatever, uh, you know, who have been pestering them to take them fishing, to walk into one of those big tackle shops, and you know this better than anybody, Luke, having, working in the um, tackle industry, and thinking, right, where on earth do I start in all of this? So you need some advice. You need someone to point you in the right direction. I mean, a good starting point and an important part of fishing, yep. everyone will know this, is a hook. Yes. You need a hook to catch a fish. Yes, you do. But if you look at the hook selection in a tackle store. Oh, my God. No, you know, hooks Hooks have been with us for a long time, Drew. I, I yep. have um, looked into this and um, pretty much ever since man has been crossing the oceans, mm. he has been, um, not that long ago, they found a cave in East Timor, I think, <laughs> where they dug this cave up and in there are fish hooks made out of shell, which they've dated to um, 25,000 years old. So dudes were going fishing 25,000 years old and you would expect at that point, you know, might it might be, you know, little fish that they were just faffing around off the rocks. No, <laughs> they found big tuna frames and stuff in these caves. So this is like uh, prehistoric game fishing that they were doing 25,000 years ago. Um, it's a good story. Yeah, I'm not well. not sure if it's true, but it's no, a great story. No, no, story. no. It's, uh, it. no as, as, <laughs> as fishing is, stories go, correct, it's a beauty. Correct. Um, the story of the hook is very, very interesting. So, yeah. the, the you know, the original fish hook, uh, shell, basically. Right. Because you think of a shell, you know, so those little whirly shells have got a nice natural curl in them. And you yep. could see a, a Stone Age man potentially sharpening one of those up. Yep. Very good. Um Bird beaks have been used <laughs> as fish hooks. Bird, no, I'm not up. making it up. I'm not making it up. How did they catch the birds? <laughs> well, potentially the, the birds died or, yeah, yeah, catch them on a shell, use the beak. Um, but, you know, bones, human bones. We've yes. got plenty of human oh, bones. Human, bone. human bones. Human uh, bones. Animal bones. They can obviously. make a comeback. Um, <laughs> all sorts of things. But um, the first book on fishing, do you know when that was written that we know about? Stone Age? No, they weren't doing years. no. They weren't doing a lot of books twenty five thousand years ago. <laughs> right, right. Okay, they might okay. potentially uh, so do a cave. picture of a hook yeah. on the cave. Yep. Uh, I'm not sure about that. I can't <laughs> verify it. But there was a book written in 1496. There yeah. is a book written by a lady. Interestingly enough, so right. the girls were quite proactive in the fishing scene back then. So it's called Treaties of Fishing with an Angle. So an angle is actually a hook. So angling is fishing with a hook. 
The angle is the hook. This is brilliant. This is mind-blowing. <laughs> this is, this is brilliant. something that I never knew. No, th- and this is what this podcast is all about. Sure. So an angle, the little angle, yeah. angle. Is a hook. Correct. Yeah, we get it. Yeah. Okay. You with me? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but back then, 1496, if you didn't have a blacksmith, this book actually goes into how you go about making metal. <laughs> I can <laughs> so see a good quite... idea for a show coming up, <laughs> <Yeah>. an episode. <laughs> Make our own hooks. Um, yes. Um, but they eventually got it going and so fish hooks, you know. Yeah. Um, in the maybe 1600s, O'Shaughnessy and Kirby and, you know, all these names that you hear now, yes. still fish hooks in the tackle shop today, all started back in London back, you know, way, way, way back in the day. So it's kind of old and a bit weird. Like if you look yeah. at fish hook sizes, yes, that yes. is also something that's very weird. It as will a, blow your mind. It as will do a, your head in. It will do your head in. Yes. As a newbie, what size is a size 25 hook yeah, you'd think that's bigger a, than a 2 hook? Correct. You'd think the size oh, 25 is the biggest I hook. I would say so. Yeah. But it's not. No. 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 So this is a very arcane um, sizing method. It basically... The way I'm going to talk about it is it starts at zero. Yes. Okay, so you've got a zero in the middle. Yeah. On the right of the zero, uh, we count up from one, two, three, four, with a slash and then a zero after that. So one O, two O, three O. Right. And if you, as you count up, the hook sizes get bigger. So a two O yes. is bigger than a one O. <laughs> yes. Righto. And a nine O. And a nine O is big. Goes up to what? 20 o would yep. be like a massive Mass- shark hook. Massive shark mm, yeah. hook. So a 20 is massive. Yep. So we're probably in the, you know, the 2 kind of space for what we're talking about, okay. or maybe less. But yep. then the, then there's the zero. Yes. Uh, and on the left-hand side of the zero, yes. it starts at one, two, three. A two, though, <laughs> is smaller than a one. It counts down. They get smaller. They should have the put f- a minus in front of it. Oh, it's a so nightmare. It's a size... 20 hook, you'd literally put it on your thumbnail yeah. and it's tiny. You struggle tiny. to tie it on. Yeah. So it's it's for it's for catching trout, for tying a little tiny fly that you can barely see and catching trout, whereas yes. a size 20 O hook, yes. you could put half a cow on That's exactly and catch right. a shark. Yes. Right. Well, thank yes. you for clearing that up. So. Well, I've only just got it clear in my own mind. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so uh, hook sizing, it's, you know, it, it's very old, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. It's an arcane... Odd, yeah. strange thing. Yes. Um, but but we'll get to the bottom of it. Like We will, we yeah. will. But where does it leave us? So where do, where do we start when we're looking at that wall as a beginner? Because ultimately they are all on this giant yep. wall of hooks. Yep. What do we need? Do we need a 20? Do we need a 20 So fishing people, people who are, you know, conversant in the world of fishing will tell you that each of these hooks, each of these 150,000 different types of hooks will do a different job. For the purposes of this podcast, we're going to talk about, I guess, fishing at its most basic level, which is fishing with a hook and a bit of bait. So we need to pick a hook, don't we, for this Mm. particular thing. Um, So we're using bait of relatively recent times, Drew. The circle hook has become a thing. Yeah, it has. So it sort of comes round on itself and you look at it and you think you'll never catch a fish on that. But for some reason, and we'll probably get into this in later episodes, but for some reason it works and it just sort of hooks the fish for you, which is nice. Yes. 
Um, so a circle hook is a good idea. And it also hooks the fish in the corner of the mouth. So if you want to let the fish go, yeah. uh, it's very, very good for that. It's sort of environmentally friendly, I guess. Yes, your typical J hook, you know, a fish is able to swallow that and the hook will get stuck either in its gut or its gills and whatever else. So very difficult to release without harm to the fish. The circle hook, as Hardy says, is kind of miraculous in the way that it always hooks in the corner of the jaw. So if I'm standing... Uh, I'm going to go bait fishing shortly. I'm gearing up. I'm standing at the hook wall in my local tackle shop to buy some hooks. I'm going to buy some 2-0 circle hooks, okay? Right. Okay. That's okay. what I'm going to buy. And if I find those too challenging, if I can't quite get my head around them, they don't look right and I just don't trust them, maybe 2-0 suicide pattern hook. Suicide pattern. Yeah, yep. which is one of the names. Yep. You know, that's basically your a J, hook. a hook, yep. a fish hook. Yeah. Um, it's probably got a hundred other names, but if you buy okay. the suicide pattern, yep. that's about right. I like it. So okay. a 2 hook. A 2 is what we take hook. away from the yep. tackle store. Um, Maybe you'd buy three sizes. Would you buy three sizes? You might buy yeah. you know, one, some smaller ones. Yep. Um, maybe a 1-0. A 1-0. A 2-0. A 2-0. And a 20 in case a shark swims <laughs> yeah, in case a great white shark <laughs> yeah. is... Uh, Which you're not allowed to catch, no, but true. would be fun to hook. Yes. Mm. So that's all great and very informative. But I've noticed fish's mm. mouths are different sizes. So I'm concerned that if I've got too big a hook, am I not going to get a bite from a particular species of fish, Nick? Absolutely you're not, Luke. <laughs> Absolutely and categorically you're not. This is the point. No, and, you know, I think that's um, I think that's a point well made. Obviously, different fish species, um, you know, will take different hooks. As Andrew talks about, his great white shark has a yes. great big gob and yes. you can feed it any sort of hook. But typically um, when people are starting out, they're going to be interacting with relatively small fish. so Probably under 50 centimetres. Under you know, 50, 50 centimetres would be a good size it would first be. fish off a jetty or something like a, that. And in that space, a 2-0 hook yep. is as big as you would want to go. I mean, in, in some senses, you can, you can think about matching the hook to the fish you want to catch or you can also think about it in matching your hook to the bait size that you're going to use. So you can catch... Big fish on small hooks, there's That's no the worries about That's the point that I yeah. think we should make. Yeah. A lot of people in fishing, when they're starting off, go too big, too heavy uh, with everything they do. You know, yeah. The bait's too big, yeah. the hook's too big, the, the rod's is too, too big. big, the rod's too big. Um, but you can catch big fish yeah. on light gear and small hooks. But um, you can't catch a small fish on a big hook. No. Another thing to bear in mind is the smaller and lighter the hook is, the easier it goes in, the better hook-up rate it yep. is. So, you know, um, if you are listening to this and you are thinking about going fishing uh, and you'll hear us say it a lot, go light, go small. It's the number one mistake that people make is to over-egg it, to go too big. You're listening to Hook, Line and Sinker, Back to Basics Fishing Series. If you're enjoying the series, give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Just hit five stars and tell us what you like about the series and why. You can get in touch with us and say day on our Facebook page, Hook, Line and Sinker, Australian Fishing Show. All right, so we've got a packet of hooks, 2 hooks, that's great. Um, we need something to tie those hooks to, okay? Mm-hmm. So we need some fishing line. And I'm going to go even one step further here and suggest that if you've never fished or if you've got a kid, uh, before you get a rod and a reel, get something that is called a hand line, which is just a plastic spool 
with fishing line wrapped yes. around it. Yes. I started yeah. like that, Andrew. Oh, look, we all started like that. And I'm going to tell you why it's a good thing to do, Luke. You okay. don't look convinced, dogs. Oh, look, I, because I started like that, Drew, and all I ever did was pine for a fishing line. <laughs> but um, do go on and uh, describe. Well, fishing line, so you, you just gave us the history of uh, hooks yeah, yeah, in a very yeah. detailed way. Yeah. Uh, fishing line I've got more. happened <laughs> when, um, I'm going to brief mine down a little bit, uh, when someone gutted a cat. Uh, because the first fishing lines were cat gut. Um, who's gutting cats? I don't know. I'm more of a dog person, so I can see why you would do it. But um, but look, cat gut uh, was the first fishing line, which you probably tied some sort of hook to and some sort of bait. Nowadays, there's a lot of different fishing lines, uh, and we'll get into those in a later series. Um, but the most common one is monofilament fishing line. Yep. Um, and my research ran out there. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's made yeah. in a factory somewhere. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, what you can string a ukulele line. with sort of Correct. thing. Yeah. It's fishing line. Um, hand lines are very, very good. Uh, you have said that. Why? So, well, what about you talked about a book that yeah. written in 19, 18, what, 1490 something? 1496. I tell you about a book written last century yes. called The Old Man and the Sea. Oh, yes. yes. Ernest Hemingway. Yes. He was very drunk when he wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> However, uh, the main character in it fought. Uh, a thousand pound marlin yep. on a hand line for yep. three days. Yes. Um, but, you know, he used it, so if it's good enough for him. The old man in the sea. They're also still used, and you'd be surprised by this, but commercial fishermen, commercial line fishermen mm. around Australia. Mm. So coral trout fishermen yep. on the Great Barrier Reef, yep. whiting fishermen. Uh, use hand lines. That's because they're a simple and effective way of fishing and hauling in more fish quicker yep. than what you can do on a rod. But the reason I'm suggesting that we get a hand line, particularly for kids, is because it teaches us the basics of fishing. It teaches us feel. So yep. you're one-on-one -on -one with yep. the hook. Yep. So you throw it out there and you feel everything. You feel a snag, you feel a bite, and that's important later on. It teaches you line control. So you're going to get tangled badly mm, yes. at first. That's my memory. But, yeah, <laughs> correct. You've got you know, line all around your feet. You're going to yep. stand on your line. It's mm, going to yep. go around your shoes. Yep. It's going to be a nightmare. Yep. But as you sort of develop and get better at it, you'll learn to, to stay in, in contact with your hook and to not tangle up. And that's important later on in life. It teaches you contact, and contact is going to be something that's very, very important in later series when we start using lures and stuff like that. So yep. you can throw your hand line out. And that's sort of it, just hold it. And if there's a big belly of slack line, you're not going to feel a bite. So it teaches you to stay in contact with your bait. They're easy to use. You just sort of do a windmill thing like this and throw it out there yep. in, in the water. Yes, it might, might pay to practice that a little bit in the backyard <laughs> or on the oval before Correct. you get down there. Correct. But, look, I just think that, uh, that hand lines are a good starting point. And in actual fact, in later fishing life, you'll use a hand line to catch a live bait to catch a marlin. It's interesting that the handline has become a bit of a forgotten thing, particularly in you know in the recreational sector. Not you don't see a lot of people no. using handlines, and probably a lot of people missing those very very valuable lessons. And very good for catching tiddlers, basically, and that's yeah. what kids love because if we're going to yep. take kids fishing, they need to catch something. Yes, um, you know, throughout the day. Otherwise, they're going to go off and you know play with sticks, or even worse, grab your phone and 
play with that. So yes. you need to be catching. You need to be keeping kids entertained, and a hand line is not a bad way to do that until they get tangled and jack of it and throw it in the water. Mm. Yeah, I just can't get out of my head though the envy I would feel mm. whenever I, you know me with my hand line and then people with fishing rods. Well, that's all right. So we've gone to the tackle store. We've got a hand line and a packet of hooks. Yeah. Um, there's no reason why you can't buy a fishing rod. No. None at all. None no. at all. But you, there is still a bit of a scary moment when you look across the rod racks, Andrew, from wall to wall. Yes. Seemingly hundreds of thousands of rods. That Short all look, rods, skinny rods, they big rods, all fat look the rods, same in a lot of same, cases. Well, so there, many there rods. Be six rods that are indistinguishable yes. from each other, but will have different names on them. And you go, what is what? What is it? What is what it? is it? Now I'm going to not throw to a book that I've read or throw back to the 1400s because I don't have anything, any content for that. Okay, but I will say this: rods, they started out. Presumably, it's just sticks back in the day, Nick. Okay, and I think we're making all, stuff up. We've all used sticks. <laughs> we've all used sticks in one one way or another for well, fishing. You can make a bow and arrow out of sticks. Yep. Yeah, and then bamboo came yes. along. Okay, yep. and that kind so of you go. when was of, this? That, yeah. Got dates on this? Yeah. What era was uh, the that bamboo? kind of mold, Sorry. What era? Oh, it was. Look, it was easy in the seventies. Yesteryear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which then sort of molded into a bit of a fiberglass type rod, which are floppy and heavy and can be a bit. Yes, awkward. I remember fiberglass rods. Yep. Yeah. Very yeah. heavy. Big boys. Yeah. Like big noodles. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, for the for the weight of the rod, they're very very heavy. Yes. And then all of a sudden, this graphite, this graphite composite came along, and life changed. It was a game changer. Everything went lighter. And as we've referred to already in this episode, we will talk about going lighter throughout this whole series, and that's where graphite really changed things. Um, initially, it was probably a very expensive change when the first really high-end graphite rods came out. It was a frightening price tag attached. The beauty now, when you walk into a tackle shop, the prices for graphite rods that are readily available anywhere to everyone are from entry-level rod up to a $1,500 rod. What sort of numbers are we talking here? Like what, how much gets me into graphite? You can buy a graphite rod, Nick, yep. today yes. for around 50 bucks. Okay. Okay. $50 yep. and I'm getting all the latest technology. Latest technology. The Why re- on earth then would I spend $600? Well, that's a great question. Because you're a bit of a wanker. <laughs> ah, I see. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, no, that's not been, right. No, uh, no, no, no. We'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, but, we will. Uh, but there is, a, there is a vast disparity in what they cost, is there not? Well, there is, and and a lot of it's around themed at the at the fish that they're specifically designed for or the fishing application, whether it's blue water game fishing, which yeah. you guys do a lot of, or ultra lightweight finesse estuary fishing for brim and flathead and that sort of thing. So as we go down the path of becoming... Mm. Fisher people, <clears throat> yeah. Um, you know, there's probably a rod for everything, and yep. we've all got lots of rods in our sheds. Yes, we do. But we're talking about maybe our first rod. Mm. We need mm. a rod to do it all. Mm. Yeah, a good all-round rod. Yeah, good so all-round. So pick us a rod, Luke. Out of the 450 rods that are in mm. this shop, pick us one. Well, I'm saying, if you can get your hands on a seven foot, yep, three to six kilo rod. It's quite a long rod, seven foot. Let's can it be two it, piece? Let's. Yes, absolutely. Can. Yep. Yeah, so yeah. the two-piece means you break it in the middle. Well, don't That's break yeah, it, but no, it, comes, it, comes it comes apart. apart. Easier to put in the car. Correct. Yeah. yeah. There are travel rods available too, yeah. which are another kettle no, of No, they're stupid. I don't like yeah. them. Well, You've upset Andrew. No, I hate travel rods. Why? 
Just because they never work very well on your, your, they're like a telescopic thing. And they, boop, 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 I've got my rod ready to go oh, and it all collapsed. falls down. It collapses on it. You tangle Oh, it's jammed my finger. Oh, no one's ever made a good travel rod. They're just stupid. Um, <laughs> well, let's say a one-piece or a two-piece rod. I uh, think two-piece. I think it's two good. Piece. I okay. like the fact that it can come apart and really you don't lose that much performance. You know, right. back in the day they had big metal ferrules that would join together yeah. so you get a funny bit that didn't bend in the middle of your mm. rod which would obviously affect its performance. But nowadays, pretty good. Pretty good, very yeah. good. Yeah. And I say three to five kilos. Now this is just a it might be a bit um, strange to hear but each rod has a, a line rating. Yep. Quite often they have a lure weight rating on there yep. as well for yep. casting. The so the weight. rod doesn't weigh between three no, and five no, kilos. No, it's a good point. It doesn't. The line rating, so they're recommended particular line ratings to go through the rod. So when I say three to five kilo, um, when you look at line on the wall, as you were talking about before, it might be six to 12 pound, so to speak. There's different sort of ways to look at it. But the reason I choose that is it's a very general purpose, very um, covers a lot of bases. It's light, but it's not too light, Yep. but it's also strong enough without being too heavy. Yep. You can catch most fish. You on can that rod, you can you really sort of can. I mean, you can't catch a marlin on it. No, but most quite. fish that swim by, you'll catch. You'll catch it'll be unless fine. you know a massive trophy something swims by, yeah. and that'll give you a fishing story to tell. Um, Jeez, you, that one got away. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah, oh, got the ones that get away. They're the best ones. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because yeah, you never have to measure them. They're no, awesome. No, yeah. um, but it, you did just vaguely touch on an, another interesting, slightly arcane. Um, point in fishing where you referenced a, a three to five kilo rod and then talked about pound mm. line. So you will come across kilos, um, you'll come across pounds, yep. um, you'll come across PE, which is another um, I don't even know what that is. measurement for um, describing line. the strength or, or the thickness of line. Yeah. So basically if you want um, kilos, you have pounds. Basically, yeah. So and if we're talking pound, about fish, we caught. Yeah, we talk about it in pounds because it's more. Yeah, it's more than numbers. Kilos. <laughs> it's a bigger number. It's a bigger number. I got a yeah. ten kilo snapper, or I got a twenty four pound snapper. It sounds better, doesn't it? Yes. Twenty four pound. Yes. Good snapper. Yes. Good snapper. Um, so what you'll see though is basically twenty pound is ten kilos. Yes. Sort of. Yeah, as a rough. There or thereabouts. Yeah. That's yeah. good enough. So, you're saying. Um, Three to five kilo rod. Yep. Then we need to look at something to put on. That's it. right. Um, we've got the rod. We've real. got the we've got the rod. We've but spent what? fifty bucks on it. It's a fifty lot. to a hundred. Yeah. And I'm going to say here, don't go too <clears throat> cheap. Okay. You get what you pay for. That's what my yeah. dad used to say to me. Did he, son? Did you he? get what you pay for here? Um, um, so look, I'd go, you, you know, round about that hundred mark. Um, but we need a reel. Andrew was a fairly indulged child. There was nothing he didn't have. Nothing he didn't have. He used to give all... away PlayStations. <laughs> <laughs> he once gave his cousin a boat. <laughs> oh, I did too. Um, yeah, so all right, so we've, we've managed to navigate the wall of rods, wall of rods. Uh, and then we turn around and are faced with, the with a wall of reels. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they're, you know, possibly worse, I don't know. Um, what you will notice when you look at the wall of reels is that there are a great many, well, not a great many, but there are a few completely different styles. Fishing rods mm. are not bad insofar as they're uh, basically a long stick. Pole. Um, yeah, they're yep. variations on that. Reels can be all shapes and sizes. You'll be yep. fascinated to learn, like the mm. first reel. Um, Please. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Song Dynasty <laughs> in China. 
<laughs> um, around about uh, around about uh, eleven ninety five AD, <laughs> we're saying the uh, the first. So they're basically you know just a fairly rudimentary centre pin type reel. Okay. Um, what were they made from? Wood. 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 Yeah. yeah. Or um, Makes sense. the really good ones were China. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah, if you can get your hands on one of those. Yeah, you'd be going all right, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Um, But I guess in broad terms, you've got uh, reels, uh, overhead reels. They're upside down reels. Upside down reels. So they go on the rod and if you're looking at fishing for the first time, you're thinking, well, that person's using that rod upside down Mm. because they're overhead. So they sit on top of the rod. Um, Very good in their smaller sizes for casting. Accurate casting. Mm. So if you're using lures mm. in a mm. river somewhere and you need to cast accurately and cast a lot, they're very good for that. Yeah. And then in the bigger sizes, they're good because they hold a lot of fishing lines, so you can catch huge fish on them. Mm. So when um, you see those game fishing boats, you know, with the big gold reels and stuff, yes. you know, they're your big overheads. Yes. Um, that hold, like you say, kilometres like of line. Yeah, a thousand metres of line, and also have a drag. So we're going to have to get into all this later, but they have a very heavy drag, so you can fish a heavy, a lot of heavy line on them and have a heavy Heavy drag, so you can catch big fish. Yeah. Um, but uh, upside down reels. I don't think we're worrying about upside down reels. Not for this, this part. This day, when we put a line in the tackle store. Upside yep. down reels. Just ignore them totally. <laughs> Perfect. Walk cool. away. Yep. Yep. Well, particularly for this scenario, because we're looking at a <clears throat> spin reel or egg yep. beater or yes. yep. many nicknames. Yeah. Um, and again, a bit of a daunting task looking at the big wall of those. Not as daunting, though, because they all not look as the same, really, don't they? You know, yeah, it's a size and price point yep. um, choice now, I guess. Um, so size-wise, again, sizing these things, a bit of a funny system, you know, sort of a very small one is called, you know, is about a 1,000 size, yep. a 1,000 or they, they, you know, you mm. might have an 800 or something. Yep. And then typically they'll go up in units of 500 or 1,000. So, so the biggest be, one might be 25,000. <clears> yeah. Like yep. um, a moderately big one is like a 4,000, you know, that's kind of where it's starting to get up there. Mm. Um, for our purposes, I reckon a 3,000 is probably about right to carry that sort of three to five kilo line that you're talking about. For our rod, correct. Um, we want obviously the right size reel. You don't you don't want to buy a massive reel and then put it on your nicely weighted rod because obviously then it's all out of whack. It's out of balance. Rex Hunt, who I used to watch on his TV show, he would talk about a balanced outfit all the time. So mm. you're looking at getting a reel that kind of suits the rod. That yeah, you've got. so it doesn't look ridiculous or feel ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so. I guess you can do that, Luke, can't you? You can go and buy a rod and a reel. But you will notice in the shop there are lots of um, sort of ready-to-go. They call them combos. Yeah, rods are, and reels, often with line on them, yep. um, sometimes with a little bit of tackle that comes with them. Yeah, it's not a bad way yep. to just grab a combo and walk out the shop. You will notice, though, um, I did a vague look online the other day at one of the big tackle shops. Their cheapest combo, $10. Yeah. Mm. Their most expensive combo was 1500 yeah. Um, so there is obviously some scope to go either way in that. Uh, I, I don't think I would recommend a $10 combo to anybody. That's basically rubbish. No. No, um, I, I lean um, towards Andrew's point earlier and just – Well, it was more my dad. Yeah. It was Andrew's dad's yeah, yeah. point. Andrew, about, Andrew's spending Andrew's dad's money. Right. Yeah. 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 Which but still does. Probably, yeah. I guess – be a little bit cautious of the $10 combos. The $10 combo, avoid like the play. You could, I'm actually going to give my kids fishing rods for Christmas yep. and I'll probably get them something similar, maybe yep. a $25 combo, but yep. they are yep. four years old. Mm. Yep. Um, so all they're going to do is 
break trash it. them. Yeah. yeah. So your dad spent hundreds on you, and you're going to spend twenty five yeah. on your kids. Yeah. They're <laughs> just too young. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to say you probably want to. What are you? What are you spending? Oh, look, I think if you could spend between a hundred and two hundred, yeah, you're going to have a combo that's going to last you. Um, a while, yes, and and one that's not going to stuff up every time you cast it, and the reels, the handle's not going to fall off the reel. I'm bringing it back. Are you? eighty to one fifty? Yeah, you're tight. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm yeah. with I'm with Nick. Eighty okay. to one fifty. Oh. Andrew, there, profligate, spending his father's money. Well, it was a hundred to two hundred. You could round yeah. that to one fifty. But I'm also saying hundred. the eighty to one fifty. Probably you should be able to get line with that. You will get. I think you will yep. get line. You'll get. Um, you'll get monofilament. I think most combos, almost all, yep. um, that's come fine. spooled with monofilament yep. line, um, and that's fine. I think for the purposes of this, you would be reasonable to think the more you spend, the more uh, life you'll get out of your fishing gear. Yes, um, particularly and, with reels. Yeah, because if you use some of the very cheap reels in salt water, yep. after using them for about 20 minutes, they start to bubble green and the paint starts yep. to peel from them. And yep. you go to you can hear them reel fizzing. them the next time and yes. they're, they're yes. just stuck, yeah. they're seized, there's no coming back for them. Yeah, a little uh, bit of a hobby horse of mine is, you know, for people who are looking <laughs> uh, to buy reels, you know, the number of bearings included in this reel will be prominently display, displayed on the packet. You know, mm. it'll say nine ball bearings. But if those ball bearings are made out of Alka-Seltzer, you know, <laughs> or whatever, they will um, they will rust as soon as they get salt water on and the next time you go to use it, it won't work. Yeah. So just so the you more know, you pay, the better material, quality. the better sealed the reel is. So. But that's all right. A, a combo of 100 bucks. So yep. let's agree or on 150, that. Or 150, that's fine. Um, we'll get us out the door. So We've got our hooks. Yep. We've got a handline for yep. kids, uh, and we've got a, a combo. Yep. We're looking pretty good. Yep. And you'd think, right, we're off to go fishing, but you'd be missing uh, a few critical elements. Um, yep. Just when you think you're done, yes. the fishing gods come back to slap you because you might need sinkers, weight. Yep. And that's a whole oh, other nightmarish conversation. Before we're nearly to the end of this. No, of no, we're, no we're, we're not even close. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this goes no. on sinkers. Ball sinkers, oh. bean sinkers, star sinkers, little scallopy sinkers, snapper sinkers, all these sorts of things, Drew. You've got to pick sinkers. What are you oh. going to pick? Um, <laughs> Luke, sinkers, they're different. Again, they're designed to do different jobs, are they not? Correct. Absolutely. The different shapes, sizes um, are designed to do different things. They are. So if we're talking about our scenario with the gear we've got so far yep. Yep. and what's going to be suitable when we're looking at the buckets of sinkers, yep. we need to try and take that in, into consideration about what we're about to, to do. Yes. For example, yes. let's look at a couple of the different styles of sinkers. Right up. Um, I'm going to start with a star sinker. Yes. Which are designed predominantly for fishing beaches. So a star and sinker is is almost a pyramidy kind of correct. thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it's not a it's not a star as such, but it's a pyramid. Yeah, yes. yeah it's called no. a star sinker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, there are ball sinkers, yeah, which are like little balls of lead with a hole through <laughs> the middle. Hole through the middle. Yeah. Uh, the star sinker has a big attachment point at one end. That's right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There are bomb sinkers. Yeah. Which are shape of a explosive? Yeah, bomb. and okay. I mean, there's a. I guess the point is, there's some sinkers you tie the line to. Yep. Other sinkers, like your ball sinker, which has a hole through the middle, ball the sinker, line. bean sinker, barrel sinker. Yep. Um, you put your line through. Yeah. So if you want to have a running sinker rig, use one of those. 
if you want to have a rig where the sink is attached to the line yep. and maybe your hooks are above it, yep. um, you use a, a star sinker or a snapper sinker. But the point I would make about sinkers is that everybody, when they're starting out, uses a sinker way too big. Yep. Mm. Way too Massive. big. Massive. Way too big. Massive. So you really don't want a sinker. Ideally, mm. if there's no sinker, the fish is more likely to bite your hook. But if we have to use a sinker to get mm. our bait down to where the fish are, then we want to use as small a sinker as possible. Mm. Obviously, sinker selection and size and type um, kind of dictated by where you do fish, you know, where you're going to fish. Let's say we're going to fish. Let's say for the purposes of this exercise, we're going to fish off a jetty mm-hmm. yeah. um, where the water's not running very fast. There's no, you know, waves or huge currents or whatever. So you don't need much of a sinker. You know, no. it might be... 10 or 12 feet deep. We don't need big sinkers. A little ball sinker will get us down there. Something we thread on the line, tie the hook on, drop it to the bottom. And you're uh, fishing. And we're fishing. So yep. um, in in its most simplest term, a ball or bean sinker will get us out of trouble. There are, you know, there are obviously different sizes. Um, buy some little ones, buy some medium ones, don't buy any big ones. We've got our rod, we've got our reel, we've got our line, we've got our hooks. Um, we're going to talk about bait Another time? Yeah. Help me. Um, you know, it's obviously something you need. You'll yep. go to the tackle shop or the service station. Yep. There will be a freezer. It will have bait in it. Don't go mad. You don't need everything. Um, you know, squid is good because it stays on your hook. Yes. Um, Pilchards are good because every fish eats them. Uh, they don't stay on your hook, so a bit annoying from that perspective. But, yeah, the combination of those two yep. will get you out of trouble. Um, what else do we need, Luke? Probably. you're going to need a bucket. A little bucket to Bucket's keep great. things organised. You're going to need a knife. Yep. To cut yes. up your bait. Yep. Yes. You're probably going to need some scissors or some pliers to yes. remove some hooks if need be. Yes. A little simple tackle box. I mean, a tackle, tackle box, box, again, there's probably going to be 50 on the shelf, but yeah. just a simple one. Something simple. Don't overdo it because you've got to carry it. Correct. Mm. And don't forget your sunscreen and your hat. No, very you important. Be smart about it. Very you? important. And the other thing, I guess, to remember, if you find yourself in the uh, the tackle shop nightmare that we've just described and it's all too much and it's overwhelming, you will see people in there who work in there. Luke, you know these people. Uh, and generally speaking, they're very helpful and would be delighted to point you in the absolutely, right direction. Absolutely, absolutely. There's nothing wrong with putting your hand up and saying, I'm a bit lost. Yeah. Can you point me in the right direction? Well, we've all started out at that point at some point, haven't we? So, absolutely. And, and these these guys and girls are people who fish, you they know, are. almost without exceptions. So they have a good, you know, they'll have places where you can go and they, and they will put And that's right. absolutely priceless because, you know, we're, we're, this is for an Australian-wide audience, but you've, we've got to get some local knowledge and the people that work in each of the tackle stores know the local knowledge. So they'll point you in the, the right jetty to go to or the right beach to go to um, or if you've got a little boat, the you know, the right spot to go to and, um, and give you the right bait. So really take on board what they say. They're there to help you and mm. uh, generally they're pretty nice people, generally. Almost without exception, Andrew. Yeah. Um, so there we sort of have it. We've, we are geared up and we are ready to fish. Right. So what did we learn here, guys? What have we got to take away from this? Um, that angling is an ancient art, Luke, and an art <laughs> worth your <laughs> learning. Well, no, we learned something about fish hooks, Andrew. We did. So it it's was important. fascinating. It was yes. very good. Um, but a takeaway for me yep. is to not be put off by the tackle shop, to go in there and ask for help. There yep. are no silly questions. Um, we're going to buy small hooks, yep. not too big. We're going to buy small sinkers, not yep. too big. We're going to buy a combo, yep. which is a rod and a reel with line already attached. Yep. Uh, 
We're going to buy a bucket and a knife and a hat and go fishing. Where does the term angling come from, Drew? <laughs> um, Nick, I'm going to talk about our, our next episode, which we have called Location, Location, Location. We're all geared up, but we've got nowhere to go. So next uh, next episode, we're going to talk about the different fishing locations. Yep, and these will be all places easily accessible, you know, the big ticket land-based places, the uh, the piers and the jetties, the beaches and the dams and the rivers, Luke. We've got it all sorted out and we will tell you exactly where to go. Have you got a copy of Tree Ties of Fishing with an Angle? I've got two. I'm going to read it tonight. <laughs> Line and Sinker is presented by Nick Dygan, Andrew Hart, and Luke McCredden. Produced by Dave Zwolenski. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. Listener.